Hello and welcome to the week 7 edition of Spitball. I'm your host Adri Bullhawk Mallows and I'm coming to you all the way from the Windy City. That's right folks, I'm in Chicago, Illinois this week, home of the Bears. The Bears. Okay, so let's crack on with the show. There were a couple of games I wanted to talk about this week, starting off with the Denver Broncos versus the Indianapolis Colts on Sunday. It was uh, an interesting game, this one. It was almost like a changing of the guard could potentially take place when you had Peyton Manning going up against Andrew Luck in the house that Manning built. Beginning of the match, we started off with Peyton Manning showing his true force, taking the Broncos into a 7-0 lead. Unfortunately for him, that's about where his luck ended. A lot of the rest of the game was all taken over by the Colts' defence as they put lots of pressure on Peyton Manning, even forcing him to fumble out the back of the end zone at one point and then left Andrew Luck in a great position to be able to rattle up the points and take them through to victory. question is now, after the loss to the Colts, will the Broncos still be able to make the playoffs? Now, when you look at the AFC West itself, you have the Chiefs atop at 7-0, and uh, Broncos just behind them at six and one, and uh, the other two teams, San Diego four and three, and Oakland two and four. So, as far as the West goes, it's definitely between the Chiefs and the Broncos. When we look at the other divisions around the AFC, you have the AFC South, where realistically it's only going to be the winner who comes through in that one. AFC North again, you're only really looking at the winner going through into the playoffs. So, I think you'll see two teams from the AFC East go through into the playoffs. New England Patriots being one, hopefully the Bills being the other, but we'll have to wait and see at the moment. The Jets are looking pretty good. Um, so then you'll see the Chiefs and the Broncos go through into the playoffs regardless of what order they finish the season in. Finally, one last thing on the Coles-Broncos game. I strongly recommend you check out the highlights. I can't do the game enough justice on the podcast, so you need to watch it for yourselves. It was highly rated, and even one of the bartenders I've seen this week said it was the best game of football he's seen in a long time. So definitely check that one out. Next up, we have the New England Patriots versus the New York Jets game. Now, what happened at the end of this game is just unbelievable, really. I like to see the Pats lose as much as the next man, as you all know. But I don't really abdicate what you would have to call cheating, purely because before the game... The Jets coaching staff went up to the officials to tell them to look for certain irregularities with the way that New England line up for field goal blocks uh, on defence. So even before it got to that stage in overtime, the refs would have been looking out for uh, New England to to commit penalties on special teams anyway. So when it came to the final winning kick from 56 yards and the ref throwing his flag... Um, for a rule that's never actually been called before in the NFL. Uh, it seems a little bit ridiculous. You can't go to the refs before the game and, and forewarn them of, of fouls they might see. They have to ref it as they see it. Otherwise, there's almost no point in them being there. But let us know what you think on that. Um, I can't see a call from any of the highlights I've seen. So if you can see that it was definitely blatant, then get in touch with us. You can send us an email at ballhawksnest at gmail.com or tweet me at ballhawksnest or through any of the social media icons above. Also from the Pats game, as well as having the final field goal as a talking point, you have to look at how well Geno Smith is performing. Bear in mind the guy's only a rookie 
and it's taken over from Sanchez and as I've said before on the podcast it doesn't look like Sanchez will be getting his place back if Gino keeps playing like this can he get them to the playoffs now as I previously mentioned we're potentially looking at two teams from the AFC East so Gino Smith could very well take the Jets into being a playoff team if Gino does that will we ever see Mark Sanchez again in a Jets jersey what do you think Finally, let's talk about Pittsburgh. They had their second win in a row this week with a win over the Baltimore Ravens, which is great for them as it's also a key division win. Will we now see a resurgence from the Steelers? Can they go all the way and take the division crown away from the mighty Bungles? My money, however, is on no. What do you think? This week, we unfortunately saw a lot of big and key injuries coming off the back of Sunday. We have Reggie Wayne from the Indianapolis Colts who is now out for the rest of the year. Big blow for Andrew Luck on that offence. Will they find anyone to replace him? Can Hilton and Haywood Bay step up and fill Wayne's shoes? Jermichael Finley had a really nasty injury to his neck. I understand that he has feeling back in his uh, body, in his hands and legs. Um, We're still waiting for him to actually be released from the medical facility at the moment as we speak wishing him all the best and hope he has a full and speedy recovery Lance Briggs also went down for De Bears Charles Tillman went down for De Bears and also Jay Cutler now went down for the Bears it turns out his groin injury is going to keep him out for four weeks we also had a nasty injury to Brian Cushing of the Houston Texans broke his leg and also tore his LCL It's bad enough when one of those two happens, let alone for them both to happen at the same time. So again, we wish him a full and speedy recovery. When you see the hit as well, you have to decide for yourself whether you think it was a dirty hit or not. It was really low down in the leg, so was it that necessary? The question I have to ask myself with these injuries is, which of those will have the biggest impact on the rest of the season? For me, you have to say it's all of the injuries to the Bears rather than just one of them. That offence without Cutler, despite McCown coming in and having a a reasonable game, you can't see him stepping up and getting the offence rolling as well as Cutler had it. More to the point, he's going to be forced into lots of passing situations with the loss of Briggs and Tillman on defence. It's going to open up the scoring for their opposition, so it'll be interesting to see whether... The Bears! The Bears! ...will fall down to the bottom of the NFC North. Okay, we are here with the My Little Pony skicker, Adam Vinatieri. Hey, Bob, it's the Colts. Oh, oh they must be pretty excited over there in uh, Indianapolis. Yeah. yeah, did anyone even watch the game or was there a stock car race? How <laughs> many people live in Indianapolis? Like a thousand? We love our football in Indy. Oh, yeah. That's why you're playing the dome. Make your jokes, guys. We've got the championship ring. How many of those you got by now? I've got four of them. Oh, well, you love your jewels, do you? Very masculine. Diamonds, your girl's best friend. Next up, we have our awards section of the show. Our awards and our... So, let's start off with our... Award, and that's our offensive impact. This week, my runner-up is actually... Himself, Calvin Johnson, nine receptions, 155 yards and two touchdowns. Now, despite their loss, he just had another outstanding performance. And there's one catch in particular, you'll see a touchdown catch where he caught it in between three defenders living up to his name. It's just unbelievable. Is there anyone else in the league that can make those catches? I don't think so. Then we have the winner of our... <laughs> 
Award, and that is Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay Packers. It's been won again by another quarterback. What is going on this year? Either I'm being extremely biased towards quarterbacks, or they seem to be performing extremely well all the time. So Aaron Rodgers this week went 25 with 36 passes, 260 yards and three touchdowns. Let's also not forget that he lost Finley Jewell in the game and before the game itself there was no Randall Cobb who's down for an injury and out for the next sort of four to five weeks. Um, also James Jones was out so we're not sure how long Jones is going to be out for. So he's using uh, the backup receivers really as well as Jordy Nelson and managing to get a great performance out of them. Because even though it was only Cleveland, the Cleveland defence has been playing exceptionally well this year. And I'm sure my good friend Harry can uh, back me up there with how well they've done in his fantasy team. And for the record, it was me that recommended he pick them up. So congratulations to Aaron Rodgers for being this week's award winner. Next up, we have the defensive impact player or Mr. Award. This week, the runner-up is Sean Lee of the Dallas Cowboys. In the game, he had 11 tackles, one interception against the Eagles. He's just playing phenomenally well at the moment. It's, I've put him in there more as a culmination, I think, of the last few weeks. He's been keeping that defence, playing at a very high level, and we'll see if they can keep a top of the division and uh, win out in the NFC East. My winner for the Mr... Award this week isn't actually one individual but a group of individuals, and that would be the Colts defense. This week against the Broncos, they held them to only 33 points, and they did that by forcing three turnovers. They even forced a safety out of Peyton Manning, causing him to fumble out the back of the end zone. A great all round team performance led by Pat Angry at middle linebacker. Great to see that defense really stepping up when they need to to back up the quality they have on offense. So congratulations to the Colts defence for being this week's Mr. Award winner. Now we have my... And that is where we pick a game from week 8 where I think there's going to be the biggest points differential potential or a game I'm really looking forward to. This week I'm going with the Denver Broncos over Washington Redskins. Now despite their loss to the Colts, I think the Broncos are going to pull themselves together, pull their socks up, and over the Redskins, they're going to have a 70% swing. That's right, folks. Even though Washington racked up 45 points on the Bears, I don't see them doing the same thing against the Broncos. Look out for it to be a great game, though. Well, that wraps it up from me, football fans. Apologies for the short version of Spitball this week, but as I'm on my travels and uh, with no co-host, I'm sure you can understand. I'd like to finish off by saying a big thank you to my hosts, Ali and Danny. And until next time, football fans, take care and stay safe.